My loves, let me ask you something. Are you ready to dive deep? Or do you feel like you need some time away from the people, place, and things that make up your current life? It could be both. You're like, I need to get the fuck away from everything and everyone. And I'm also ready to take my spiritual path to the next degree, honey. Okay? Regardless of what it is, I got you. There's two legendary, amazing, delicious opportunities for us to practice together in person this year. The first one is at the iconic Omega Institute in New York, upstate New York. And the second one is in Mykonos, Greece, honey. And both of these retreats are going to be a combination of the spiritual dance practice, also known as the SAT method, also known as the spiritual workout, and Dharma talks. So let me break this down for you. The SAM method, for those of you who are like, what the fuck is that? It's a practice. Uh, it's an experience. It's a, it's, a, it's a performance art healing experience that I created um, that combines ecstatic dance, meditation, breath work, and mantra. And these four practices are here to activate, amplify, and energize the four qualities in your heart, according to Buddhist psychology, which are love, compassion, joy, and wisdom. So during the retreat... And, and upstate New York is five days, excuse me, six days, five nights. And Greece is eight days, seven nights. I'm going to tell you more about this in a second. But during the retreat, we're going to dance. We're going to dance twice a day. Okay. And dance as much as you want. Move as much as you want. But the whole purpose of the, of the movement is for you to actualize what you learn during the theory part. Where we're going to sit around and I'm going to explain to you through, through the, the, my interpretation and my understanding, my studies of Buddhist psychology, I'm going to give you all that I know during that dedicated, you know, retreat time away from the people, place and things that make up your current experience. You're going to be devoted towards your heart, towards your liberation. Therefore, you're going to be able to then actualize that which you learn during theory in the dance floor. And then you're going to be, be able to bring that all back into your life once you leave the retreat. Going to retreat has been one of the best things that I've ever done for myself. It has changed my life. And you've heard, if, you, if you're a listener, uh, an avid listener to the podcast, you've heard me talk about going on retreats over and over again. If you've read my books, you know that going on spiritual retreats is how we take our practice to the next level. Oftentimes we do need to take time away from people, place, and things that make up our current life in order for us to truly discover who are we really and what is it that I want to do in my life. And maybe you're like, I already know who I am and I'm already happy with what I'm doing in my life, but you want to actually bring more joy, more bliss. You actually want to be happier, more playful, more lighthearted in more lightheartedness into your life. This retreat, these retreats are for you. You can either come to one or you can come to both. It doesn't matter. The point of the Psalm method, the spiritual workout, the spiritual dance practice is for us to say fuck off to people that says that when you are a disciplined spiritual practitioner, you become more serious. That is a lie. Okay. The truth is the deeper you become, the, the, the deeper you, you, you enter into the spiritual path and the more you're disciplined about your spiritual liberation, the more playful and lighthearted and more smiles and more humor and more laughter your life becomes filled 
with. Okay, so click the links in the show notes and I hope to see you at, in upstate New York at the iconic, legendary Omega Institute. Uh, let me tell you the dates. Uh, upstate New York is June 19th through the 24th. Okay, and Greece is um, October 8th through October 15th, okay? And if you have any questions or concerns about the retreats, when you click the link in the show notes, um, or so you can visit my Instagram bio or my TikTok bio to get all the details for the for the retreats. If you have questions, just go onto the retreats website and, and click over there to find out how you can talk to the retreat producers. They're both amazing powerhouse companies that are producing my retreats. They will be able to help you with anything you need, okay? I love you all so much, and I cannot wait to practice with you and get free with you. Love you. Peace. This episode is brought to you by the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. As I graduate myself, the health coaching certification has been a huge ally for me to be where I'm at today. Are you curious to learn more or thinking of kicking off a new chapter in your career? Head over to the show notes and click the link to get a delicious, massive discount of $2,000 off of your tuition when you pay in full or $1,500 off if you use a payment plan. And my love, don't forget, you have to use my name as a referral to get this epic discount. And just in case you forgot, my name is Sa De Simone. Hello, sweet loves. Hi. Welcome back to a new episode of the Spiritually Sassy Show. This episode is with my dear, 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 dear best friend in the whole world, my sister, my older sister, Moon de Simone. I miss her so much. Oh my goodness, I'm missing her so, so much. She is currently in a, I was going to say 30 day, no, honey. She is in a three months silent retreat in a monastery outside of Kathmandu, Nepal. And we had a catch up the day before she went into silence. And she shares with us on the show, you know, all of the fears and the excitements and all the things there visiting her mind and her body before she enters this retreat. And now it's about, she's she's been in there for a month and maybe like 10 days or something by the time this episode comes out. And yeah, I'm just feeling so deeply, like right in this moment, missing her so much, wishing I could be sharing with her all the things that I'm going through in my life right now, how we always do it. But um, yeah, she's there doing the deepest, highest, the most high liberatory work in the tantric Buddhist uh, lineage. I'll let her talk about this, the, um, the retreat as she comes onto the show. And uh, for those of you who don't know Moon, Moon is an iconic spiritual guide. And um, she's really the reason why I'm still here. And you hear me say this, and I've said this in a million different ways in so many different interviews and podcasts and whatever. When I was having one of the hardest times in my life, when I was 28, 
she just intuitively knew how to care for me in a way that totally transformed my life. Okay, what you're hearing now is the sound of the jungle. I'm still in Bali. Enough about me. Let's get into the show. Love you. Okay, so I needed to have you back on the show for multiple reasons, of course, but this one is extra juicy special because you're about to do something that, you know, to be frank, to be fully honest, to be brutally honest, very few people are ever going to do in their lifetimes for a variety of different reasons. And you are doing it and it's fucking crazy. So I'm Sada Simone. Hello, honey, the host of the show. And I'm in Bali, Indonesia. And today's guest is my sister, Moon. And where are you? Hi, my love. I am in Kathmandu, Nepal. I'm in the east with you, but I'm a, a little bit. I mean, here. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking up, looking at Buddha Nath Stupa right out the window in front of me. Oh my God. Yeah, it's a surreal time to say the very least. And thank you for having me, my love. <laughs> yeah, pleasure. Always. I mean, so mm. you're closer to the Himalayas than I am. So, hey, hey, hey to you. So what <laughs> is it that you're going to do? You're you're in Kathmandu, uh, Nepal, and you're about to do. I'm in Kathmandu. Yeah, I'm in Kathmandu, Nepal. And in two days, I am heading up to Kopa Monastery up in the Himalayas, a little bit more up the mountain for a three-month silent retreat, Vajrasapa silent retreat. So it's a purification retreat that throughout the three months, we will chant the Vajrasapha Mantra 100,000 times. And Let's say that again, hey, 100,000 times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I received, I received, the, I received the, the, the Vajrasapha initiation in 2019, making the commitment that at some point in my life, little did I know that it was going to be now, they said, you can do the initiation now, but you have to commit that at some point in your life, you will come, you will partake on the three-month retreat. I'm like, oh my God, yeah, I can do that at some point. Mm -hmm. And two years later, I'm here mm -hmm. and it feels surreal, but it feels like the most um, genuine thing that, I'm, that I have done fully for myself in a very, very long time that I decided and... You know, a lot of things came into play with the decision. And at the same time, I was like, oh, I must do this. Mm -hmm. So what um, is this retreat? I, what yeah. is this retreat? Let me just, because so, the listener is like, excuse me, hell, what is the Vajrasafa retreat? And listen, if you're an avid listener to the show, that I've had a whole entire solo cast about the Vajrasafa practice. But I want to hear from you, from your perspective, like, what is it? And what you're kind of like going in. What's your intention for doing a three-month Vajrasafa purification retreat because most people at your age and my age are are married with kids they're settling in they won't have this precious opportunity to take three months out of their life to not talk to the outside world to not be in communication with their loved ones to not have any input from the media for three months the the impact that can have that that will have in your psyche in your mind in your heart in your body it is, it is miraculous, right? So what is the retreat and what you're hoping to, to sort of, uh, and I know what you're hoping to get out of is such a simplistic, capitalistic, um, dualistic question for the spiritual path because it's not about getting anything. It's about uncovering what's already there. But I just want to pass that on to you. What's the look? I do have some, I do have some intentions. You know, I think intentions feels a little bit more 
compassionate and tender and, uh-huh. and like an attitude that I'm carrying in into the uh-huh. retreat rather than an expectation of like something that I want to get out. Uh-huh. So just before I talk about that, the Vajrasattva, Vajrasattva is the Buddha of purification. So there's specific practice around the Vajrasattva, which is where you, you know, invoke the Vajrasattva, where you're calling Vajrasattva for its purification powers. And I know that purification has such a, it's a, it's a heavy word for those of us in the West. Purify, why? What do you mean purify? So I guess we could say to to cleanse, to uncover, to purify negative karma that we all have, whether we are aware of it or not, that we have cultivated in this life and many lifetimes with everything we've thought, we've said, and we've done. And it's not only an incredibly powerful individual practice, but also doing that in a group and uncovering space in the clear mind so that you can, you know, plant virtuous positive seeds where I can be a full benefit to others. So that's a little bit of my intention. So the retreat, let me just talk about that. So retreat will begin, I think it's a 5 a.m. We'll do, I'm giving you a little bit of a daily, a daily mm-hmm. of the retreat. Yeah. Um, from what I know, we'll do prostrations, which is also another Tibetan Buddhist tradition that we'll do prostrations in the morning. Oh, um, wait, wait, wait. Meditation. The thing about you is that you're such an advanced practitioner. And I don't say this lightly. You are like <laughs> a bitch that lives the look. Good for you. But we are over here, honey, being Thanks like, what you. is prostration? Okay. What is Vajrasapa? Okay, so Vajrasapa is a, let me just sort of translate a little bit. So there is these, yeah. there is these outer avatar manifestations in the tantric buddhist lineage one of them is a buddha of purification and the short mantra for vajrasafa is om vajrasafa hum what moon is going to do is the 100 syllable purification mantra it's deleting the, the 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 delusions in the mind and the body it's deleting the samskaras, the, the, the karmic imprints from the, from the garden of our mind that are keeping us in the loop of, <clears throat> of suffering. And not only in, in, a, in a loop of inner suffering, but causing suffering onto others. A lot of people are like, oh, I don't cause suffering to anybody. Suffering has been caused to me. I'm the victim of the world. Honey, trust. As a queer person of color, let's talk about trauma, bitch. But that's not the point. The point is that we all are causing pain to each other at a conscious or unconscious level. The truth is that the healer, the true healer, the one that's healing their inner world for the sake of all people is the one that recognizes that unless they truly go to the depth of their purification, the depth of their of their delusions and, 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 and negative, negative karma, they're causing pain to other people in ways that they're not even aware. You may be walk. I look at you and I'm like, you don't cause negative karma to anybody. What the fuck do you have to purify? I think of you as one of the most pure people that I know. And then there you are saying, bitch, I'm going to go on a three month silent retreat to purify my mind. I'm like, honey, I should be going on that shit. I know so many people who should be going on that shit, but you're like, no, I'm doing that. Because I recognize that my mind to a certain degree is impure. Therefore, the words I speak to a certain degree are impure. Therefore, the actions I take in in the world to a certain degree are impure. That is the healer of the healers. That is the teacher of the teachers. That is the master of the masters. So applaud to you, first of all. So (laughs) during the three-month retreat, you're going to be you're going to be uh, calling upon, conjuring, uh, 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 taking refuge on this deity, this avatar of liberation, this avatar of purification. And, and by invoking that, which is outside of you, essentially what you're doing is just invoking the purification 
quality aspect potential inside of yourself. So it's a deep practice of, of profound regret. It's a deep practice of profound, tremendous forgiveness. It's a deep practice of profound and liberatory compassion, not only for you, but for all the versions of you that have come before you. And and again, of course, and I get the benefit too, sis, everybody gets the benefit because the more people we have free in the world, the more the world will become free. The more we support the beings who are becoming liberated, the more we'll be liberated. It's a big, and I'm just going a quick rant there just because I want to translate what you're saying. And then we're going to talk about prostrations. Um, I applaud your, your ability to speak to a high level. And I know all of your students are very advanced tech, uh, practitioners, but with the size of my community, we have people in a variety of different stages of their personal evolution. Therefore, I just have to do a little bit of translating. So I'm in glad the you East, do. I'm grateful. In the East, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the East, place like India, Nepal, um, uh, Indonesia, Thailand, it's very common for people to donate food and money to the, the monks and the nuns, to the, mon- to the monastic people. Why? Because they have chosen to devote their lives to becoming free. The more people we have free, the more the world will quickly enter into harmony. So when we are, um, um, when people are, are, you know, sending you offerings and, and sending you love and gratitude for your choice to do this. And thank you, Moon. Thank you. And me supporting whatever way I can, what your journey is. Um, it is because the truth is, as you become fully liberated, I get to get free too. As you are, are becoming, as you are healing, I'm healing too. You know, we know the true nature of interdependence, the true nature of life. There are all things um, are deeply interconnected. If you're suffering, I'm suffering. If you're healing, I'm healing. So that is a little bit of the Vajrasafa. So the truth is the practice is very elaborate. It is very mystical. It is very esoteric. It will, it's, it's a, it's a part visualization practice, part of you visualizing the, the impurities of your mind, living your body in a variety of different ways. And then part of it is this mantra that has a sacred utterance that just repeating the mantra, you enter into a spiritual trance, which I also call the spiritual blackout. And then you talked about the prostration. And I'm going to pass it on to you for you to explain. Because this is shows okay. about you, sis. So prostrations, how do I? Okay, so the, the practice of prostrations is usually done in, in the beginning of the days where you take refuge, right? You take refuge in the Buddha, and the Dharma, and the Sangha. So you do prostrations, chanting yet another mantra, the Manjushri mantra. I'm not trying to get too technical here, but I'm also get technical, to, get technical. You know, the give, right people we're going to listen and be like fully gagged. Yeah. And also I understand that this may be a far out language to some, some people, which is totally natural. It's okay. So don't zone out because you're hearing words they've never heard before. Just, just sit with it, with something that's different perhaps. And it may be stretching you because whatever lens for you will be what you need to hear. That's so right. there's, this is a more, this is a more, a practice that incorporates a physical aspect, a breathing and a chanting practice. And amidst all of that is you taking refuge and you take refuge in the Buddha nature, Buddha himself, but the aspect of the Buddha nature within us, our potential, the Dharma, the teachings, the practice and the Sangha, the community. So chanting, Oh, I'm, I'm not, I was going to chant, but <laughs> let's just stick to Vajrasava now. You chant the mantra while you're doing the frustrations. And I guess you could say that the frustration is, somewhat of, of a um i mean for all the yogis out there it will look a little bit like a sun salutation but it's mm-hmm. not a sun salutation but you're using your entire body and laying your entire body onto the ground 
as you're prostrating onto the ground, to the feet of the Guru, to the feet of, of the Buddha, and our own potential in one another, as in like you're offering yourself, you're offering your body, your mind, your speech, your thoughts to the mm-hmm. practice, to this potential. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like Sa said so beautifully, Liz, you go into this trance, essentially, you're just chanting mm-hmm. and you're prostrating mm-hmm. and you're chanting and you're breathing and you're prostrating and mm-hmm. it's a it's an opening for the physical body in that way mm-hmm. um, and it's an ego death the, it's an ego death it's an it ego slayer the practice because in the west we're like bow to somewhat fuck that shit i'm bowing to nothing but the truth of it at its simplest form the practice is is your if you use the word god or the cosmic mother or you have a language for for spirit whatever it is maybe for you you're actually just saying, dear God, dear guru, dear cosmic mother, dear Buddha, please make me an instrument of your peace. You know, activate my mind on the orientation of peace, activate my body on the orientation of peace, activate my speech in the orientation of peace. It's essentially saying, I don't want to be peaceful. I want to be peace. I don't want to be a lover. I want to be love. I don't want to be joyful. I want to be joy. And I'm getting full body too, just thinking about it because the scenery there too is so iconic. Yeah. It's just this, uh, I mean, yeah. honey. Uh. They- Sensing everyone. I mean, you are essentially, your entire body is at one point on the ground, face down, everything's on the ground. And it is, like you said, um, it is a way for us to really look at our condition that we have. Oh, I am putting my whole entire body onto the ground, onto the ground, bowing to the teacher, bowing to our own, you know, innate potential. And you're not thinking, oh, my whole body's on the ground. Oh, what does this mean? Oh, who am I? Who is that person? You become one with everyone because everyone is doing the same exact practice. It's not like me. I'm in, Oh my God, who I am. Who are you? No, at that moment, all of our masks that we've been wearing are—they've been—they've been totally liquefied out the door. You know, that's the thing about also going into a retreat like that, especially in silence. But I'm not saying hi. I'm in the sun. I'm a spiritual teacher. Here's my Instagram. Mm-hmm. There's none of that. You know, mm-hmm. people will know my name, and that's it. There isn't mm-hmm. a moment to even say, "What do you do? Where are you from? How long are you here?" It's just mm-hmm. like, "Oh, we're all here for the same reason, which is to practice." Mm-hmm. And you just get to see each other for their potential and their devotion to this practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more I talk about it, I'm like, oh, shit, it is, it is pretty incredible. And um, when I first heard about, I mean, when I first heard that it was back on because of COVID and everything, they didn't have a retreat last year. So when my friend uh, messaged me, I think it was in September, he said, oh, but Josefa is back for next year. My first thought was like, oh, wow, I don't think I can do it. At first, I was just like, oh, no, I don't think I can do it. Three months, and I was still in Florida taking care of my mom, and I was just like, oh, my God. And then I was like, wait. It was so interesting to see my first reactive thought, the condition was just like, oh, I can't do it. It's too much. It's too soon. I was like, oh, it's too soon. And then I was like, wait. I just was like, wait. I literally just said to myself, wait, but what if, right? What if I can do it? What if I can make it happen? So I just sat with that what if for a moment, and I... I literally went to my dad, which is, again, a very interesting thing. And Sai, you will get why this is interesting. I said to my dad, I'm like, what if I were to go? What if Our I were dad, to bitch. Happen? Our dad. Our dad. I uh. said to our dad, I said, I went to the living room. And I said, told him the whole thing that it's back. And I said, what if I were to do it? And our dad is such an interesting, mysterious creature that you literally never know what he's going to say. Mm-hmm. And he says, like, he says, maybe this is the time. And mm. you are doing it for those that could never make 
the time to do it. And I was just like, holy fuck. Okay. Like this was the first thing that he said. And it's, it, it's very interesting too, because he was the first person that told you to come and meet the Dalai Lama and study I Buddhism. Know, which That's is so crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah. So when he told me that, I was just like, you're right. Because he's like, he's like, most people would never be able to take three months of their lives of kids and partners and jobs and things. And I was just like, well, I can, I could, right. I could really just organize. And then it began there. I was like, oh, I could really make this happen. I could really, you know, and all my groups and my clients and put everything to pause and thankfully, you know, receive so much support in making this happen. And, you know, a few months later, I started to plan and, and here I am now I'm, I'm about to go and everyone that I'm speaking with has been so supportive and so grateful and, and not in the sense like, Oh, I needed that. But it feels that they're like thanking me for doing something that they know will benefit them too, because they are interconnected with me, whether, because I'm aware of that, of it, you know, I'm aware that they're connected to me, but they know that how deeply this practice will impact me, this vision will impact me and what I will be able to impact others. Um, I'm just, I've been receiving such like beautiful feedback and, 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 and support that I was like blown away the other day with, with some of the messages that I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I'm, I know it's going to be challenging. Of course. I know it's going to be a real, a real uh, wake up call. Yeah. I mean, there's parts of me that are scared. Like last night I woke up at 1am with jet lag and everything. And I was just like, Oh wow, I'm just about to do this. And like no phone, no internet, no nothing, no contact with the outside world. So there are parts of me that are scared because again, I do not know what I'm going to find. Mm-hmm. But and at the same time, I know that I have enough stability within me to be able to go to the inner worlds of me, you know, the underworlds of my mind and my mm-hmm. heart and get to know more parts of me and get to know more of this potential and also purify, like you said. The things that I don't even know that I have done, the, the mm. harm that I know I have caused and the harm that, it, that the seeds have been planted, that if I'm not aware of it or, you know, waking up to it, I will live out those actions, you know? Mm. Um, those consequences, yeah. Mm. Those consequences, yeah. Mm. So it feels, it feels surreal. It really does. It feels like I have no idea what to expect. And at the same time, I'm like, oh, okay, I, I think I have some clues. And... But the majority of me feels really inspired. You know, the majority of me feels really ready to take my practice to a whole new level and to really meet more parts of me and uncover more of my own mind's potential to to be free, to be liberated, to be the artist that I know I am and to help others and make some incredible things and create art and love and, and share and to really meet fear you know, and be like, okay, go to the edge, you know, mm-hmm. like, I feel like I go to the edge quite often with my life, but this is like a whole other level of like, let's go to the eye of the hurricane and like be there and know that I will be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. What else is coming up when you think about it? Cause I'm just kind of like, <laughs> wow, looking at you, she's sitting at a coffee shop right now. Uh, in Bodhanath Stupa. Bodhanath Stupa is one of the most iconic uh, pilgrimage sites for Buddhists. It's in it's in, in Kathmandu, Nepal, as we said before. Um, and I know exactly the coffee shop that you are. I, I know exactly the view because we've been there together so many times. 
Um, what else is coming up for you? I mean, so many things are coming up for me. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to miss you so much. You've always been my support system. The person I call when I need help, the person I call when I'm, you know, wanting to be inspired, want, wanting to be reminded of my power. And mm. you are not only that for me and for our family, but you're also that for so many of your clients and students. It's like, it's going, it's a very interesting thing to remove yourself from the, the routines and the expectations and the, the habits that make up our entire external life that then leads us to believe that we are, you know, specific things. And we, we are these sort of limited beings. Um, so not to get too caught up in this, but I just want to like, what else is coming up for you when you think about, you know, going to, to a monastery for three months? I, uh, I kind of speechless, you know, I'm kind of like, oh, okay, <laughs> and I'm really doing it, you know, yeah. like I spent, I spent quite a few, quite a, quite a while just like on the planning, organizing to make sure that I'm, I have all my supplements and I have enough warm clothes and all the things. And, and outside of all of that, I've been really just like checking in with like, how's my mind? How's my mind? How's my mind? And it's weird to say, but there's a big part of me that's just like really ready to Mm-hmm. go and, and mm-hmm. see while of course i know like i will miss you and mom and dad and nikki who i talk to every single day my family our family and i and i know i will miss my my routine of instagram and posting and sharing and creating and my clients and my students and at the same time i feel like this is something that i that like i need to do you know and i don't think that if i i don't think that I've sat with this quite a bit thinking like if I, if this wasn't really meant for me, like if this wasn't truly in my path, I wouldn't, it wouldn't have worked out as flawless mm-hmm. as it did. Like mm-hmm. every aspect of this journey until this very moment, it has just been like mm-hmm. support, support, mm-hmm. ease, ease, ease. And I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. So when things align in that way, I can, I can pretend or, or try to look away or even look for something that's not working. Mm-hmm. And, and I recognize that I, I'm most certain that I've planted insane seeds in a past life to be able to have this much privilege. You know, I know mm-hmm. this is a privilege to be able to do this, to have the means, to have the support, to have the space, to be able to pause my work for three months and then come back knowing that I will find ways and it will be fine. Like that's a massive privilege that I'm very much aware of that. I'm very fortunate in that way. And with that in mind, I also want to, you know, use this privilege, right? Use this, this, this blessing and, and um, make more space for more of it and get even more clear as to how I can be of benefit to all and, and express. There's part of me that's just very much like, what, how, how do I continue to express? How do I continue to serve? How do I continue to make art out of all of this so that it can impact more people? I'm very much in this, like, you know, liberating this artist within me, which is the work that I've been doing essentially for the past year. And now it feels like, what is the next thing that I can really liberate more of me and really be an inspiration? Um, so I know there will be some some dark nights of the soul, nights and days over there. I know that my mind will take turns. I'm aware of that. I know that you know I, I, the worst case scenarios and, and not being able to check in with everyone will bring some fears and I will question everything. And I'm kind of like okay let's right? do it let's go <laughs> let's do it <laughs> let's just let's let's get into it let's just yeah. like i'm like okay let's go um yeah yeah 
I, I mean, trust this practice so much, you know, I trust, mm-hmm. I trust the practice so much and I trust it's so beautiful to do. I can get in much. I trust the practice so much and I trust my potential to relate to what comes up so much, especially due to what's happened and what I've, what I've, what we've experienced as a family in the last two years, how I've really seen parts of me that I didn't even know were there. So I trust that potential to relate to the madness, to the fears, to the grief so much like i never thought that this level of trust was ever even possible um and i trust the space that i'm in i trust you know that community i trust the nuns and the monastery and the monks i trust them and Popan mm-hmm. as a as a as a home so deeply that i feel so held you know i feel mm-hmm. so yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> so three things came up for me as you're talking there was like sort of like big points it was like first I, uh, my practice is stronger than my pain. My practice is stronger than my mental uh, challenges, issues, illnesses. My practice is stronger than anything. So the, the discipline to become liberated, right? The discipline to walk earth as a living modern saint. And, and so having refuge that your practices will set you free. I love that. Second thing you said is to not be oblivious to what's obvious, which I think we all do so much. We're sort of like playing oblivious to all the, all the things that are obvious to us. It's obvious that everything's falling into place in perfect order, in perfect harmony for you to go to Nepal, for you to take three months off, for you to do this deep work. Uh, so often we are doubting when the, when the, when the causes and conditions ripen in such perfect harmony that we're like, that can't be true. So we turn a blind eye and we look away and we are oblivious to what's obvious. And uh, so that's another thing you said. And, and the, the third thing that I heard in, in, the, in what you're saying as I was listening to what you're saying was that, you know, all of us, our destiny is to become a Buddha. Everyone's destiny is to become a Buddha. And that gives me, that gives me, uh, refuge. That is like a place that I can fall back on and like rest easy. It's like, well, everyone's destiny is to become a Buddha. Now, certain people will get there a little quicker than others because of, of, of discipline, because of the, the causes and conditions that have been planted and cultivated through multiple past lives, right? But if we always remember that everyone's destiny is to become a Buddha, what that means is to, is to, is to be able to be fully liberated, to be enlightened, and and to and to not be uh, subject to the three to the three sufferings, right? Suffering of change, suffering of suffering, and to the pervasive suffering, which is the nature of this reality that we're in. It's called in the in the literature in the ancient texts. It's called samsara. So the nature of this reality is suffering. So an enlightened being is someone who's not who's not the victim, no longer the victim to these three waves of suffering. Um, so I love that. I love, I love, I love all of it. And I'm just like, yes, honey, God bless you. Thank God for you, for you doing this work. And I cannot wait to check in with you once you're out. And, you know, something that I just, I know we both follow the work of Pema Trudon, who's also a, a, a tantric Buddhist practitioner, a master teacher, master teacher and practitioner. She speaks about the groundlessness and the uncertainty of when we enter into the crevice, into the dark corners of our psyche and and why most people, she doesn't speak like that. She's very eloquent and and so prolific prolific in her delivery. I'm paraphrasing her. So it's going to be, you know, um, 
it's going to be sassy and also, you know, through my, through my own delusions, it's going to sound. So some, to some degree, she speaks about the groundlessness of entering to this, into these aspects of our mind. And when I asked you, are you scared? And you said, yes, but I can, I can, I, I know that my practice is stronger than my pain. And that's something that I'm, that I've learned through the years that I can always rely on my breath practice, that I can always rely on my meditation practice. I can always rely on my dance. I can always rely on a run. I can always rely on, on eating certain kinds of food. I can always rely on a, on an ancient recipe of prayers and visualizations. And, and I can always rely on service and helping others to release my own neurosis and my own um, uh, uh, challenges, you know, and, and, and that is so profound to just remember that it will feel groundless. It will feel uncertain, but coming back to that. And I remember when I did have a, um, an episode, it was, it was it started being like neurotic and then it led to a, a wave of, of psychosis in Ecopan Monastery, where you were, where you're going and where I've been for 30 days silent retreat, where you've done for your 30 days silent retreat. Now you're going for this three month, three month. And what helped me to ground myself in a groundlessness of reality, to ground myself in an ungrounded reality, right? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's like, it's what what uh, Trump and Rinpoche speaks about. It's like, and paraphrasing, of course, these masters. It's it's uh, being thrown out of an airplane uh, without a parachute and finding finding peace in the fact that there's never gonna we're never gonna hit the ground. So how can I fall still being with grace and still smiling? Right. So I think that's what this practice is about. I think that's the direction that you're going into with this work, and. Um, I sort of lost my train of thought, but uh, what I was saying is, oh, what helped me to, to, to navigate that free fall without a parachute with grace, with ease was um, someone who I met there during my discussion hour that we can only talk for 90 minutes a day during the 30 day that I did who Karen, who's now uh, a nun, who's now taking uh, the full monastic vows to become a nun. She read to me the Milarepa story the story of someone who's had a very tragic, um, traumatic, harmful, destructive earlier life. And then in that same life became a saint and hearing first receiving the love of someone, the care, the compassion silently first, and then the utterance, the sacred utterance of these profound, beautiful words helped me to be like, Hey, Sometimes it is through these very challenging, neurotic, psychotic, extremely difficult states of mind that we, in, that we uncover the gems, that we mm. uncover the truth of who we are. And I was talking to my therapist the other day. Yeah, you can, you can uncover the gems of who we are in deep relaxation and deep comfort of your house, or you can uncover, uncover the gems. Oftentimes, mostly, unfortunately, because the nature of the reality that we live in, in this samsaric uh, reality, it is through the pain and the suffering that we're going to activate our true nature, right? Okay, enough for my side. Yes, yes. No, it's yes, yes to all of that. And I, and I think you touched on something so powerful. and 
when we're when we're play, when we're taken to this edges, we realize that we really don't have control over anything. But keeping ourselves in a routine life, always knowing what you're gonna do, quote unquote, because you're following this thing and you're reacting, you think you have control, but it's an illusion, right? Mm-hmm. So what we're really doing with this practice is to pierce through that illusion and recognize that we never really know. We close our eyes and go to sleep, and we still don't know. I may wake up. It's mm-hmm, a chance that we take, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I may make it to the restaurant that I'm going to have coffee or not. But mm-hmm. we think it's happening. Like there's a, mm-hmm. a huge part of our delusion that's like, because I said I'm going, it will happen. No, we don't actually know. And something that I've been that I've been like really sitting with and, and using is that like I can't really control what's going to happen to other people because I thought if I stay, for example, if I stay by, by, by the side of my mom, she will be okay, right? It was a huge part of me deciding to go. It was like, mm-hmm. will my mom be okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, she's okay. She's free. And there was a, I, I created the story that I, if I'm by her side, I can save her. Yeah. Which, you know, in some way, I did mm-hmm. help her a lot. I was That's a huge right. part of her healing and her, and her liberation from cancer two times. Absolutely. However, I, I could not save and i could ne- cannot save anyone so this is a yet another delusion that I, oh i can save you if i'm by your side then i can make it okay i can fix mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. i mean we can't fix shit with ourselves or with anyone mm-hmm. so it was really interesting to just like free myself from the story and trust that she knows what she needs and what's going to happen is going to happen whether i'm by her side or not mm-hmm. you know whether i'm by your side or not you will find your way of course falling back to our comfort ways to call and reach out and be there it's easy, but I think it will be very challenging and also very liberating for all of us. And what you said about the delusions and the neurosis being a, a portal, right? Everything can be a portal for liberation if if that's the attitude that you were carrying yourself through life. I mean, this is essentially, this is a true tantra of, of, of the human experience. You know, it's like every single thing we think, say, and do, we encounter, we feel, we feel challenged by is a portal if we're choosing to see it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, uh, my client the other day said, Oh, I don't want to go there. Cause it's going to be a can of worms. I'm going to open a can of worms. And I'm like, well, what if it's a door of freedom? She's like, Oh, and I was like, the can of worms <laughs> is at first a can of worms. And yeah. then it's a door to freedom. She's like, yeah. Oh man. I'm mm-hmm. like, there is, there isn't, you know, it's mm-hmm. better to just go in, you know, mm-hmm. instead of hiding, hiding ourselves from those fears because they're going to be there no matter what. It's like you can't close the door if the room is burning. The whole house mm-hmm. will burn at some point or another. Mm-hmm. So tend to the fire. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Listen, so I want to I want to be yeah. uh, uh, mindful with your time because you are in yeah. setup mode. Um, so I want to uh, just make sure that everybody knows that you're leaving us with a course. What is the course? Where can we find it? It will be in the show notes, actually. Um, but you're leaving us with a course. What is the course about? Yes, I'm leaving you with a course. Uh, most of you, you know, we've heard it or not, but I've been teaching this modern Lakini course for almost a year now. And I've recreated the course. So I'm labeling it the modern Lakini 2.0 or like a seven-day course. Yeah, so yeah. I've recorded... Mm-hmm. I've recorded seven sessions and they're all about 30 to 40 minutes in the pillars of becoming a modern Dakini, the introduction of what is a Dakini and the advanced practices of a modern Dakini. So the course is on my website now. You can start anytime. You can watch anytime. You can mm-hmm. watch it as many times as you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and every co- every session is followed by a PDF of 
notes, workbook notes, practices, and whether you've taken this course before or not, what I find that's really special about this, because it's like, it's a very expensive way of understanding what is a dakini, which, you know, in the, in the literature is a, a female messenger of wisdom, but it is not gender defining. So for us here, it's for anyone that knows they have a potential. They want to uncover that this potential that we're saying to see everything and everyone as an opportunity for you to be free for the benefit of all being. A dakini is the inner artist within us that's ready and willing to make art and love out of all aspects of life and knows they have something to say, right? Knows that their lives matter, that their words, their stories matter. And, uh, you know, calling upon the Dakini herself, the deity, uh, a Buddha in this path of a Bodhisattva, that they know that they, they're here to be of benefit to others. You know, there's a deep commitment to doing that. Mm -hmm. And I, of course, I've made this course very digestible and practical and, and still mystical and beautiful with the ways that I teach. And I'm getting feedbacks from people that have already joined that they're saying that, that it's really special because it's just me there talking and giving the lectures. And I, what I've done in this one as well is that I'm sharing a lot of my own personal stories with the teachings and these mm -hmm. practices. So I highly recommend joining this course and I'm running a, a discount now, a 20% discount with the code freedom for a few more days until All I'm caps, officially freedom. official. Yeah. Mm. So I'm officially, officially offline. Which oh, so then days. we can't use that court. We can't use that. That, that I'll leave the code. Gonna, I'll leave okay, the code. Leave the code, no, leave the leave code the for code. the listeners I'll of the Spiritually Sassy Show. Okay. Freedom, all caps for 20% mm -hmm. off. Okay. Well, thank you so much. It's always a joy to see you and share space with you and listen to you. And I cannot wait for this, for the time when I get to see you when you're out. And maybe I'm going to surprise your ass, honey, showing up there on your last day. We'll see how that goes. I would um, love that. I know. I love you so much. Thank you, Thank you so much for doing this work for all of us. I can't wait to hear how it all goes. And uh, Thank you wow. for having me and having me share and be here. Thank you to this incredible community, Spiritual Assassin community. Thanks for receiving me and listening. Love Thank you, you so Sa. much. I love you okay. so much. God bless. Peace Mwah. to all. Bless Bye. you. Love you. I'm Sadi Simone, and you've been listening to The Spiritually Sassy Show. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And join me next Sunday for another Spiritually Sassy Conversation. Thank you so much for listening, and I love you. Mm -hmm.